Hey everyone, I'm your host, Kara Knight, and today we're talking about money. Imagine that, right? This episode, I've invited on our new FB&T Wealth Management Financial Advisor, Megan Whitehead. As a former teacher, she's passionate about helping people understand the importance of their financial health, and she makes it easy to understand for people like me who are not totally savvy when it comes to budgeting and investing. You're listening to Right at the Heart, a podcast focused on sharing inspirational stories from our communities, presented by Farmers Bank and Trust. Along the way, you'll learn about managing your finances, news about community events, interviews with local leaders, and more. So get ready to be inspired as we get right at the heart of Farmers Bank and Trust. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit, Megan. This is our first time talking. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? You started as financial advisor with FB&T Wealth Management this year. How did you find yourself on this career path? Well, so I grew up with uh, my dad as a financial advisor. So growing up, um, you know, there were many instances where he would kind of prod me or push me into this career path. And, you know, most teenagers don't really want to do what their parents suggest and don't really, you know, I really didn't give it a lot of consideration in high school at all. And when um, going through high school, I was really involved with the FFA organization and you know, participated at the state level on a lot of things and, you know, just really got involved with that. So I decided to major in agricultural business. And so that's where I, um, what I did in undergraduate school. But the second I got into financial management, I knew at that point, I probably should have majored in finance from the beginning. I loved it. And at at that point, I was so far into my degree there was no way to, that it made sense to change it at that point, but I loved it. And so out of college, I never got a job working in agriculture at all. <laughs> I've pretty much been in some some facet of, of finance since I've gotten out of college. And I've done a variety of different things and lived in um, North Arkansas for, for a few years, working for a couple of different financial advisors. But my husband is from Taylor and um, always wanted to, you know, find our way back down here because that's really where he wanted to locate. And, and so at that point, you know, when we came back, um, I think it was in 2010, my plan was to get my MBA and then get back into the, into the industry as an advisor. And life has a funny way of happening sometimes. And I started having kids and, you know, I really loved my job at SAU. So I was working at SAU while I was doing my graduate work. And, you know, that evolved into teaching full time and I started teaching wealth management courses. And so that's what I've done for the last six years, teaching retirement planning, estate planning, personal finance, courses like that, entrepreneurial finance. So um, I spent... um, several years as the director of the Arkansas Small Business and Technology Development Center, doing business consulting and helping with financial projections and lots of financial planning for small businesses. So that's really kind of my my wheelhouse has really been in investments, financial planning, and business planning. And that's, that's where most of my work history has come along. That's fantastic. I know that we are very excited to have you 
at the bank. For those listening, I know we're kind of spread out everywhere, but she is at our corporate headquarters in Magnolia, Arkansas. And you mentioned kind of some of those areas of expertise. Do you have a specific niche that you tend to gear toward or do you just really love helping people with their financial picture? I do. I mean, you kind of have to. I mean, honestly, at my stage in life, I love helping young professionals with kids as they are really in those foundational pieces of of working towards those long-term retirement college planning goals. But, you know, I love working with, um, you know, people who are just working towards retirement goals. But um, the way I would kind of put it is all of those things kind of come into play for what I like to call a holistic approach, which is what I feel like, um, you know, we are working towards here at FB&T Wealth Management. And we're not looking at just one thing, like just retirement, because that's just one piece of our financial goal, right? So that's that's the end goal. But we have a lot of short-term and, and intermediate goals that we want to meet, you know, on that path towards retirement. And so we want to look at the big picture, not just one big goal, but all those little goals in between as well. So, I mean, it's investments. We're looking at tax planning and strategy there. Um, you know, obviously retirement and estate planning and saving for college if you have kids or even grandkids if you are in a position to, you know, start a, a college fund for your for your grandkids. I think that is a really good point to make to think about your family too and generational. We're focusing the topic of our podcast on financial checkups. First, can you explain what a financial checkup is and why it's important for people to connect with someone like you to improve their financial health? So I kind of like to compare, and this this really just kind of came about, um, I was actually doing a, top, a talk on financial literacy geared towards college students. And I had a, a fellow professor that came up and asked me, he said, do you really think this stuff actually works? And I, I kind of sat there for a minute and, you know, obviously I believe this stuff works. I mean, I, I've seen it with my own eyes. I know it works. And I looked at him and I said, well, it's a whole lot like asking someone if Weight Watchers works or does does dieting and exercise work, right? So, I mean, it takes discipline. And so a lot of it, you know, to me, it, it is that there's a correlation between, you know, financial independence and reaching those financial goals because it does take discipline. If you have the pieces, you know, you can know all the things. You can know that I need to eat right and I need to exercise. But if you don't actually do it, the knowledge itself is not enough to work. It's actually putting those things in place. Um, so everybody knows they need to stay on top of their finances, but many people feel overwhelmed and they need somebody to just kind of help them, you know, not feel so overwhelmed because they feel like they have so many pieces that they're trying to get together, kind of break it down. Let's have a digestible, you know, amount of things to do, you know, here. And then, and then this is our next step. And then we're going to do this next. And so it kind of helps just to have someone tell you what to do and give you that checklist. So it's not so overwhelming. Um, and having someone to hold you accountable. You know, I don't know about you, but whenever, you know, I have an accountability partner to go run or to go exercise with or someone to do it with me, I'm more likely to do it. Okay. So, um, you know, just, you know, help. Ha- I help them remind them of their plan, remind them of their goals. Um, and so, you know, when they start to make a decision or they want to buy a car, we're going to buy a house. Let's see how that affects our financial plan. What does that do to these other goals that we have? And just kind of helping them stay on that path that we set out. Um, there's also research by Vanguard that says that people have 3% or more in returns if they work with a financial advisor. So you're going to get there a little bit faster than you would if you try to do it on your own. 
a lot of these people probably come to you and say, here, this is my goal. And they're vulnerable in that. And then, you know, something may change, you know, life circumstances or even their own goals, but you can kind of bring them back to square one and remind them why they started or why it's important and kind of be that unbiased opinion, you know, because a lot of times I feel like for me, especially being a woman (laughs) and emotional when it comes to money, it's easy to allow your feelings or your emotions to affect what choices you make. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I feel like we bring to the table is reminding you of those things, take helping you take the emotion out of every financial decision because we shouldn't be making any financial decisions solely based on how we feel or just on an emotion but people do it all the time so one of the (laughs) common things you'll see is even with investing when the markets are going down people freak out and they just want to pull they want to pull their money out they want to get out because they just can't stand it and you know when you can take your feelings out and you separate it and you look at the facts and you look at history, I mean, just missing the 10 best trading days, 10 days of the best trading days in any bull market, you have missed, you've missed the boat. So if you don't have someone reminding you that we're staying the course, this is what the facts tell us. This is, this is, this is reality. This is how you feel. This is reality. And it, it, it does, it helps to just have someone reassure you that we're on the right track. We didn't make a mistake that we're doing the right things. And so, um, but people make emotional decisions with money. And I think that's a big part of why people are in a poor financial position. You know, research tells us that two thirds of people don't feel like they have enough money for retirement. Um, You know, all of it kind of plays together. It's all one big puzzle and each little piece fits into this bigger, bigger path and this bigger plan. I like to call it a roadmap. So we're on a, we're on a, we're on a trip and we're, we're trying to stay on track towards that end destination. Yes. I love that. How frequently should someone schedule a financial checkup? Is there a recommended timeline or specific life events that may warrant one? I definitely think once a year is a, is a good rule of thumb. I mean, obviously if you have a lot of things going on and you need to, to meet with someone more often, but typically you're not going to see a lot of big changes in one year. Um, obviously, you know, when, um, you get married or divorced, anything, any big life event like that. It's kind of, I almost like to think about your, your, um, your life events for like work and health insurance or something, any big life event that would qualify you to make a change outside of your open enrollment is probably a, a, a life event that would warrant, you know, a financial checkup. So marriage, divorce, having a baby, um, you know, your kids are getting ready to go off to college or even when you have kids start planning for college. And then obviously, you know, retirement, but that's the, that's the long-term goal that we're working towards all these other goals through. So anything that changes a new job, um, losing your job, you're going to start a new business, you know, all of those things have financial implications. And so it's always a good idea to just um, have a conversation with your advisor about those, about those big, big things. Yeah. And are there any common areas or overlooked areas, mistakes that people tend to make whenever they are coming to you or maybe not coming to you would be a mistake once a year. I think the first big mistake, especially for younger people, but I see this even with people in their, you know, well into their careers with kids is they don't have a funded, a fully funded emergency fund. So that's key number one, because if something major happens, you lose your job, 
or you have an accident and you're not able to work for for a time period, you know, you've got to have that that cushion there to help you get through those emergency times, because that's typically what you'll see happen for people is, you know, they don't have that emergency fund, they have a life hiccup. And the next thing you know, that's kind of snowballed into a bigger issue than it would have been if they would have had that emergency fund. Um, another big one that I see is people paying down the wrong debt first. So, you know, not only are we looking at growing our wealth, but part of growing our wealth is, is managing our debt. And so really focusing on what debt do we have and making a plan to get rid of that debt so we can, we can save more uh, towards retirement and college and, and things like that. Um, another big one that I see is people not taking advantage of their employer match. So through their employer sponsored retirement plans at work. So yeah. making sure you're, you're taking advantage of any employer match, you're doing the maximum amount you can to get all of your match. But I'm always going to recommend that they do at least 10% on their own. So whatever your employer matches, do 10% on your own. And if you can't do that right now, do the most that you can to get your full match and then start increasing that each time you get a raise. So anytime, you know, you make a little bit more, take a, a percentage of that and put it towards um, putting back more for retirement. Yeah. Um, another big one, and this happens to a lot of us, especially I feel like once you have kids, lifestyle creep, you get busy, you get too busy to focus on it like you should. And so you start, you're eating out more. Um, all those monthly subscriptions, people forget to cancel things like that, where you're paying for things that you're really not using. And so that kind of goes together with my, like not monitoring recurring expenses. So making sure you know what you're paying for every month, that you're checking that credit card statement or your bank account, if you're using a debit card and you're making sure that you're actually using those things that you're paying for every month and that you're not, you know, creeping into a lifestyle where now I have a little more disposable income. So I'm, I'm spending more and not, not saving more. Right. I know just with my own personal habits, it's so easy to, you know, say, Hey, Oh, this app is only a dollar 99 and you subscribe and then you forget, you may not even be using it anymore, but you're still paying that money every single month. And it does add up a lot quicker. I think than we even realize. It does. It does. I'm always hesitant to order anything that like is going to charge me or yes. reoccur if it's not something I know I'm using because because I know it's easy to fall into that into that trap. So I would definitely encourage you guys to check that. Make yeah. sure that you have six months worth of living expenses that you can pay your mortgage and pay your bills and stay on top of things for six months. Yes, that's great information. I did not realize two thirds of people are prepared for retirement. That kind of blows my mind. That's a really big portion of yeah. people. Not there prepared. really are <laughs> that when you start looking at the research for, you know, for people and their finances, the ma vast majority of Americans are living with more debt than they should. And they're not saving like they should be. Um, so that puts them at a disadvantage as they prepare for retirement. And so if you've ever taken a personal finance class or any kind of basic finance class, you're going to hear about the time value of money. And the big key thing with the time value of money is you have to start early because time is the one thing we can't get back. Right. So, you know, starting early is really important. So it's really those in your twenties, when you're first getting started in your career, it's, it's very important even then when you don't feel like you have enough money to work with a financial advisor, um, even if you just, you know, just come in for a quick visit and you look at things and talk about it and make sure you're on the right track, it's always a good idea because those first 10 years of your working life are some of the most valuable um, for contributing purposes that you will have. Are there any 
tools or resources that people can use to do their own checkups, you know, periodically, maybe even through an online platform or an app, you know, maybe in the middle of that time span within the year that they come to see you? There are a lot of apps. Um, There are a lot of platforms. They always make me a little bit nervous because they want access to all of your bank account information. And so you're plugging all that stuff in. And I just have never really been on board with that. My biggest advice is set forth a plan, automate as much as possible. So meaning whatever you're going to contribute to whatever, if if it's a Roth IRA or whatever you're doing, do it the same time you get paid and automate it or set up separate accounts. So when you get paid, it goes into, you know, two or three accounts that, that have their own kind of purpose. Um, And that way you kind of know, this is my, this is my food and gas money. And this is my money for my, you know, car payment or my house, you know, kind of have your vacation fund or whatever, however you budget automated as much as possible. And it takes some of that constant monitoring away. um, If you'll just kind of do the work on the front end, but there are people who use those apps, but I just have always been really nervous. Every time I've clicked on one and I've gone to start looking at it, it's like, eh, I don't think I want to give you my password. for this. <laughs> so oh, my I think yeah. it's always good to err on the side of caution for sure. When it comes to your bank account information. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, that's another financial tidbit that I would recommend is monitoring your credit. So having some sort of credit monitoring service that, you know, like my American Express credit card does it for me once a month. And so it just tracks any changes to to my credit. And so that kind of gives you just in case because identity theft is is really a big part of our financial picture, too, and making sure you're protecting yourself online and making sure you're monitoring it, because the faster you realize it's happening, you know, the better off you're going to be to get it get it stopped. Yes, absolutely. And we actually have um, within our My Farmers mobile banking app, we have um, the option for you to opt into Savvy Money Credit Score, which gives you free access to your credit score, your full credit report, credit monitoring. There's all kinds of financial tips and things, and it it's free to enroll, and you can actually do it without impacting your score at all. So that's super helpful as well if you are a Farmers Bank and Trust customer. You're listening to this. <laughs> oh, I did not realize that. So that I yes. learned something new today too. I didn't know that was there. Yes, just a little plug. <laughs> it's fairly new, but it is really cool. It's super easy. If you have the app, you can just scroll down, click a button that says show my score. And it says credit score and report. And it will populate and it pulls your credit score. It analyzes your accounts. You can see like your full debt picture and you can calculate loan savings and it's all free. And that's the biggest thing is so many people fear that it impacts your credit score, but it doesn't. Called a soft credit inquiry. So a hard credit inquiry is when you go like apply for a loan and they pull your credit with the intent of borrowing. So that's called hard credit. And that one does impact your credit score. But when it's a soft credit inquiry and it's just for informational purposes, it doesn't affect your score at all. Yeah. So that's something available as well. So other than the automated processes, is there anything else or any other advice you could offer for those that want to just kind of keep track of their progress? You know, your overall goal is to build wealth, right? So your wealth score is going to kind of come in the in play with your what we call your net worth. So your assets minus your liabilities equals your net worth. So what do we own? What do we have saved? 
What do we owe other people? What are our debts? And that gives us our net worth. And so I I recommend to people to do once a year, um, sit down, pull all your statements for different accounts that you have, retirement, other savings, investment accounts, and put together your assets, look at whatever debts you have, and essentially where what's my net worth at, at this point in the year. When you're doing the right things and you can go back and you can look at the progress you've made over a three to five year time period. It's like, wow, because it doesn't seem as much when it's, you know, a little bit at a time. But when you can look back over over years, it it's really neat to see that progress. Yeah, that is very helpful, especially the way that you explained it to kind of break it down. I feel like that's something I'm really <laughs> trying to learn, especially now that I have children, your perspective totally changes <laughs> once yeah. you start having kids and realize very quickly that money does not stay around as fast as it used to. <laughs> it doesn't. And I think all of that kind of ties back in even to the discipline. So when you're thinking about the, you know, the, the cheeseburger and fries you want to have at lunch, how does that fit into my diet plan? It's kind of like you sit back and you think, do I really want to pay this I don't know. My college kids, I think about them. They were all going crazy over those Morgan Wallen tickets and they were astronomically expensive. And I thought you kids are crazy to pay that much money for a concert ticket, but they were paying it. So, you know, long-term the one night of fun or the event, you know, is that, does that fit into my savings goal? And so it's discipline sometimes in saying no to the things we want and our emotion tells us we want these things, but it's instant gratification instead of, you know, making that choice now to delay what I want now so I can have what I want in the future. And so, I mean, it's ultimately, it's really, I feel like there's a lot of similarities and I try to use those, you know, eating and exercise correlations only because it's relative to most everybody. Everybody's had that at some point, probably had an experience where they've, you know, been working towards some sort of fitness goal. (laughs) So it's very similar. It is. Yeah. That's why I think that the theme of financial checkups is so great because it does Kind of break it down for those, especially like myself, who are not super financial savvy. So I definitely appreciate that. All of our podcast guests this question. Our bank slogan is to us, your family. What is your favorite family meal? So my favorite meal for me, 100% is always going to be any kind of Mexican food or Cajun food. I love spicy food. So um, tacos are, you know, a family favorite at our house, taco night. But, um, you know, that's my favorite. And I like, I eat Mexican at least once a week, sometimes (laughs) multiple times a week. (laughs) It's so funny that you say that because uh, my in-laws live in Camden and I feel like there is an abundance of Mexican restaurants in South Arkansas. (laughs) Uh, There are, definitely. Everywhere. So that's a good thing that that is your favorite because uh, it's easy to find. <laughs> it is. They know me by, they know me by name at the, at the Magnolia location. <laughs> I love that. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you would love to mention or include in this podcast episode? Your financial well-being is important. So whether you're early in your career or you're starting your family or nearing retirement, you know, those are all key uh, times to be working with an advisor. You, you don't have to have a ton of money. I know wealth management sounds like you have to be wealthy to come in in the first place, but that's really not, you know, the the truth. I mean, the truth is that we're here to help you build wealth. And so tracking that net worth, helping you build that over time, it's not something you have to have to, to come in at, at first. 
That is such a great point because that is true. When I first started at the bank, I saw FB&T Wealth Management and I thought, hmm, I bet you have to be a millionaire to <laughs> work with FB&T Wealth Management. Yep. <laughs> so that is a great point. Thank you for mentioning that. You heard that right. You don't have to have or make lots of money to have a conversation with a financial advisor. Visit our website, investments.myfarmers.bank, for more on services available to you. It's easy to schedule an appointment, and I'll have Megan's contact information on our blog, rightattheheart.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Mm-hmm.